Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. I am super excited to be here for 20 episodes. Um, we've had some good times, we've had some bad times, um, and this one is more frustrating times than anything else. Um, we are just recording live after the defeat to Chelsea. Um, this is on super short notice because this week is absolutely wild for me and I didn't want to risk uh, not having time to get this done. Um, I usually record on a Sunday after making notes on the Saturday, but due to the late kickoff, it's all gone a bit funky and this week's a madhouse, so I'm recording off the cuff more than anything else. Um, I do have some immediate feedback from our currently regular correspondent in the mountains, uh, Mile High Seagulls on Twitter. He has already sent me some feedback through <laughs> about the game, um, and a lot of the talking points that he has in his clip are talking points we will focus on. Um, so I will, without further ado, I'll, I'll lead us through to uh, to that piece of input, and we'll continue after that. Just finished up the match here. We fell short two to one. Uh, first half was rough. First half was real rough. Balogun had a, as I tweeted out, a have to forget. That second goal was just brutal. You know, I, I was just wondering if that would have happened if Duffy was there. Uh, second half came out a lot better once Antonio came in, which I thought was the right call because Murray was struggling. It just wasn't his game today. Uh, the style of play wasn't for him at least offensively, uh, played so much better. We were so close. It was tough. It was tough. But, the, you know, they fought hard. They didn't give up. And, yeah, I'm still really bitter about the Alonso no call on the red. That was such crap. thought it was a no-brainer, but what can you do? Uh, all right, on the next week. All right, well, thank you very much, uh, Mile High Seagulls. So I have a couple of things I want to touch on from that uh, feedback that you gave. Um, and the first one, I suppose, we've got to go with Balogun. Um, I think it's important to look at his uh, performance in a nutshell. Um, he was definitely probably our weak link in the game. Um, but he did he did actually uh, kind of make up for it in the second half. He had four interceptions, three clearances, and a block shot. Um, he didn't commit any fouls in the game. Um, it was just that really that pass that led the second goal to be really there was no real choice but for him to score with Hazard is through that clearly. Um, it was really unfortunate. Um, the first goal I've seen a couple of people um, also attributing to Balogun, but I think that's a little bit harsh. It was just an incredibly unlucky bounce um, that fell through. And I think that the first goal was uh, was definitely not a Balogun error. I think it was just unlucky. The second one was absolutely a Balogun error. It was an absolute hospital pass. And uh, yeah, it really, it sullied his entire game, really. Because when you look back on the game and the goal we conceded, you will look back and we'll hold Balogun entirely responsible correctly. Um, but it really, it, it's a shame because the, the way he played actually wasn't bad at all. Like I said, um, he had four interceptions, which was um, a very solid amount. It was more than Lewis Dunk had. Um, he had three clearances, which was more than Lewis Dunk had on two. Um, and, he, and, he cleared a sh and he blocked a shot the same as Lewis Dunk. So I think that if he had not played such a horrific pass, <laughs> um, I think we would be sat here thinking that um, Duncan Balogun are a really solid duo. But with that error, it's, it's really marred his day. And it's tough for me to look past it, let alone um, 
you know, well, anybody, it's tough for anybody to look past such a big mistake. So, um, yep, hearing you on the Balogun problem, um, but I think that with Duffy there, um, I don't think that pass is played. Absolutely not. But I think that um, I think we need to just lay off Leon a little bit. I don't think it was entirely um, the, get the game being lost wasn't entirely down to him. Um, I think one of the biggest reasons that we got beat today was uh, the first half and second half Jekyll and Hyde performance. Um, we've seen this happen a couple of times uh, where we really change our state of play and it was it was the most apparent when we had that little stint of games where we were coming back from two goals down um to steal points fulham was one of them i can't remember who the other one was um you'll have to remind me on the old timeline but um it looked a lot like that and it was it was really interesting i was looking i've been looking at a couple of stats super quick um so just for reference the liverpool united game hasn't even started yet this is how soon after the game i'm uh, recording this so i haven't had a huge amount of research done um but i will say that compared to the other couple of games in terms of possession and stuff we were never going to have a lot of it but the big one that really came out to me was that and this comes back to last week when I was talking about Dale Stevens in the team um, and potentially not having him in there. We played 108 backwards passes in the first half um, compared to 85 in the second. So, I mean, that's a pretty severe drop um, in terms of passes, especially when we had significantly less possession than they did, um, you know, especially in that second half where they were trying to keep the ball. Um, and I think that we really we really need to start games in that manner, but I guess it's easier said than done. Um, I thought that it was a real good tell, um, and I hope that at this point, Hutton is going to do it, uh, but Andone was an absolute difference maker. Um, he was absolutely fantastic when he came on. Um, he showed them no respect. <laughs> he showed them no quarter. Uh, he was really, really impressive. Um, yes, he committed two fouls, but other than like in the grand scheme of things, he was he was incredibly dangerous today. He also won two fouls. Um, he was really dangerous. He made a lot of really good runs. He was unlucky not to get a goal. Really, um, he was a total difference maker in that centre half partnership um, against. The, the Chelsea centre-half partnership of Rudiger and Luis were really, really uncomfortable with him playing. And I think that just him coming on changed the entire attitude of everybody else playing too. Um, you immediately saw Knockart and Solly March um, and Pascal Gross even really start pushing up. And uh, Davy Proper, I think, is such a product of who he plays with in that central two. Um, because when Basuma came on, he again looked like a totally different player. Um, when Basuma plays with Proper, Proper seems to play with this extra ounce of confidence. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure whether it's a case of that he is kind of drilled into that defensive level of play um, when he's playing with Dale Stevens, but I thought he was a real difference maker today. Um, when Basuma came on, the Basuma proper combination is still really, really solid, and I hope that I hope that we see that against Bournemouth 
uh, at the weekend. Although I'm not sure who we would lose at that point because I thought Dale Stevens actually had a pretty solid game. Um, you know, he had 56 passes today in the center of midfield, 87.5% um, pass accuracy. You know, he was he was good on the ball. He was economical, even if most of it was going backwards. Um, he made four total tackles, an interception, and a clearance today. Um he committed five fouls, but honestly, I think three of them were incredibly soft. Um, I thought he played well. I thought he was. I thought he was great as he usually is. But I think that Bissouma and Proper really do offer a totally different uh, dimension to our play. And honestly, I hope that Hutton can find a way to com combine them together. I'm just not sure how he's going to do it because. Gross looked better than he has done in a couple of games today. He's he was really good on the ball. The the cross that he put in in that first half uh, from one of the corners was just unreal. Um, I think he's looking really solid. And who do you drop at this point? I think the only person that really is in any danger of losing their spot legitimately is Glenn Murray. Um, and that's not really anything down to him. It's really just due to how well Andone has played since he got the chance. Um, I know I mentioned this last week, but Andone is kind of the absolute example that Locadia should be looking at and thinking, damn, I wish I'd have played that way when I came on because he's a total difference maker. Um, got two, three more subjects I want to talk about. Um, next up, we'll talk about Solly March um, because I thought he was fantastic again today. He got us the goal. Did he get us the goal or the assist? He got us the goal. Um, he was incredibly impressive. I still really, really like him down the right-hand side, but he is continuing to grow, and he's really showing everybody, including me, that Chris Hutton was right all along, and he really just needed time. <laughs> um, he was our biggest attacking threat by a long shot. Um, he had four shots, two on target. Um, he registered two key passes today. Um, two successful dribbles, which is more than anybody else in the team. Likewise for shots, likewise for shots on target, likewise for key passes. Um, nobody had the same influence as he did in the game um, attacking. He uh, he also won a foul. Um, Mr. Knockout wins the uh, award for most fouls, one with three, as you would expect. And honestly, he could have won a sending off with uh, Alonso's elbow, but we'll get to that shortly. Um but he also, Solly March is uh, such a Marmite player because for all the great stats that we're talking about as an, as an attacker, um, he also was dispossessed four times and also had four uh, uncontrolled touches, which is more than anybody else in the team as well. So, you know, you've, you give and take with Solly, um, especially on that left-hand side where I don't feel that it's his, uh, his biggest strength. Um, I feel that Knockart is a much more well-rounded uh, attacking and defending winger. Um, just for example, he uh, he definitely didn't have the same offensive attack attitude knockout today, but knockout made four tackles, uh, two interceptions, had a clearance to his name um, compared to Solly Mar And Solly March, again, he had two, three, and one, respectively. Um, I think that Solly is definitely earning himself a spot on the team sheet, but I'm just not sure who it should be for. Um, because I think his Kiedo, if it has to start on the left, he provides something that not many other teams have um, in that raw pace that scares the living crap out of teams. Um, so I think that just like last week, I'm kind of doubling down on the fact that I, I think that uh, Knockout simply has to be the one to lose out. 
Um, and I would really like to see Solly and uh, Solly and Izquierdo play on the wings um, and continue that kind of partnership that they were starting to show uh, in one of the recent games where Solly played on the right. I thought it was really impressive. Um, and once we changed to Solly on the right at the end of the game today, I thought it was great. Um, it's just such a shame that Izquierdo wasn't even halfway fit because I think if we'd have brought on Izquierdo at the end there with like 10, 12 minutes to go, including added time, um, instead of Lockardia, I honestly, I think we could have scored. Um, which I think goes on to the next uh, the next topic, and that was the ref. Um, the referee, uh, top six referees, <laughs> as I've been seeing a lot online and in my WhatsApp chats, and I totally agree with it. Um, we're really finding an issue with uh, referees in the top six and the decisions that are made and the kind of benefit of the doubt that they seem to get. Um, the first goal today was offside. I don't think anybody can uh, disagree with that. I think I've seen a lot of Chelsea fans online saying the exact same thing and agreeing that it was an offside uh, goal and it shouldn't have stood. Um, when the ball was put in by Hazard, which was a fantastic ball if it was a pass, by the way, um, we'll get onto that too in a minute. But if it was uh, an intentional pass, amazing. But Alonso was clearly offside. Um, Ryan's entire movement and positioning was uh, there to stop Alonso taking that shot. Um, and it just flitted through to the back post for Pedro to tap in. Um, it should never have stood, but it did. I think that's a top six decision that probably gets ruled out if we were playing Southampton at home, for example. Um, but it didn't. I think that Alonso was incredibly lucky to be on the pitch and it kind of like swings in roundabouts because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> so if he'd again sent off, I'd have been wrecked. But uh, he he was lucky to stay on the pitch, I think. I think he was offside for the first goal. I think that he probably should have been given a yellow card uh, for the elbow on knockout, minimum. Um, he made a couple of other really, really poor challenges that probably could have been worth a yellow card if they weren't going to give one for the elbow on knockout. Um, but the linesman saw the elbow pretty clearly and ignored it. And uh, again, another top six thing, would that have been ignored if it was uh, Andros Townsend throwing the elbow out? I'm not sure it would have been. Um, and then we came to the to the maybe three or four minutes to go in the game. Um, Bissouma once again looks totally bottled up by three Chelsea players. And again, like you don't even... Yeah, I feel like you have to slow it down to like 30% regular speed um, because he takes three touches and all of a sudden he's out and facing goal and making a run. Um, he's just incredible he's fast becoming one of my favorite players to watch in that albion shirt um and the pass he played to knock out uh, to solly march was absolutely incredible um Knockart is definitely one of the players that's more likely to go down, and I don't feel that Solly is. If Solly can stay on his feet, he's going to. Um, but Alonso just absolutely bodied him, and I don't think that I don't think it's really up for debate that he was full. He was running into a goal-scoring opportunity, which is a big shame. Um, and Alonso fouled him. For me, that's a straight red card. Um, you're denying a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, the commentary team on NBC Sports totally agreed. Um, the fans in the stadium obviously totally agreed. Uh, and the referee, in my view, bottled it and gave him the yellow. Um, if he would have been adequately dealt with in the previous couple of uh, moments, he would have been given a, uh, 
a yellow card for four and he would have been sent off or he should have really just been given the straight red and maybe two minutes later Soli March gets down that line uh, and then Bissouma he plays a ball back to Bissouma and Alonso fouls him again and he didn't give a second yellow card for that um, hindsight is 2020, and obviously like nobody can know but Honestly, my gut says that if we get Alonso sent off in that last five minutes, I, th I really think we score a goal. Um, and I know it's easier said than done, but I really think we manage it. And, you know, the play was looking that way. The The way we were playing in that last couple of minutes was looking like we were going to steal an equalizer. Um, and it's just such a shame we didn't manage it. It's, uh, again, I think that, I think that we have been really cost a golden opportunity by the referees um, and, the, and the officiating staff. Um, it seems the offside rule doesn't really apply to us. Um, Burnley, Cardiff, this one. Um, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. And um, I think we're going to, I think we're going to have to do kind of a segment on VAR at some point soon, um, probably towards the end of the season because it's coming in next year. Um, but it would be really interesting if we can have, if we could have a, uh, I'm not sure anybody would do it, um, and I definitely haven't got the time to do it. But I would love to see um, a Premier League table with, in theory, with VAR in in effect um, when it. So to go back and look at all the games and look at all the goals, um, and anyone that is clearly an offside or is clearly a foul, um, no subjectivity involved. For example, you know the three that we've talked about today with Burnley and. Cardiff and uh, and the Chelsea game. I would love to see where where teams would end up. Like what a what a VAR Premier League table looks like. Um, because I think that I think honestly, and it's not just us. Um, it's not just a Brighton problem. I think you would honestly see the gap between the top six and the rest of the Premier League really um, get narrower. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see that take effect next year. Um, and I'm putting I'm putting my absolute prediction on that that next year um, a lot of people will wonder why the gap between the top six and the rest of the teams in the Premier League have, has gotten a lot closer and I think that the, honestly the absolute culprit is going to be the introduction of VAR I think that those decisions that they tend to get aren't going to be as favorable because they can't be um, so we've gone through I wanted to address the uh, the back passing because I thought that was really interesting to note that our Jekyll and Hyde performances really do just come back to the, the manner in which we're going forward um, or the fact that we're not going forward enough. Uh, I wanted to talk about Balogun and that horrific error he made against Hazard. Um, I wanted to talk about the referee and the top six problem. Um, I wanted to talk about Andone. I wanted to talk about Solly March. Um, so all of those have hit the nail on the head. I have one more that I want to talk about, and I wanted to save this until after the ref thing because it's a positive, um, and that is Bernardo. Um, I have been crying out for Bernardo to start now for <laughs> about 10 episodes, and he finally did, and my goodness, he he has been one of our best players in the last uh, five, six games. I think it's his sixth start in a row now. Um, and he has been one of our best players by a country mile. Um, today, for example, he was an absolute defensive rock. 
he made seven total successful tackles, which was more than anybody else. Um, he made one successful interception, uh, one successful clearance. He had uh, one key pass from the fullback position. Um, he had 49 passes today, which was 10 more than Montoya had. Um, was 15 more than Knockart had, 15 more than Solly March had, um, double the amount that Pascal Gross had. And uh, he had a 71% pass accuracy rating, had that key pass to his name. Um, I think he was and is a total game changer in the... Uh, and he had an assist today, of course. Um, and he, I think he's became a total game changer. I think that he provides the pace and the defensive solidity that I weren't sure he was going to be able to provide. Um, I weren't sure he was going to be able to provide that same... Um, solid consistent defensive display that takes people out of games um and he did it today really well he took out william um really solid he was he was incredibly um adept at just dealing with any winger that comes down his side and then not only that but he's provided the attacking impetus that gaitan bong never could um and that's not a slight on Bong, it's just a part of his game he doesn't have, and that's okay. Um, because, you know, you can't, so, some players are better than others. Um, Jürgen Lockardia can't head a ball to save his life. That's not okay, but it's another problem. <laughs> um, but I think Bernardo has both. He has that perfect mix of forward and back, um, and he's quick, and he's tall, and he plays with such comfort with the ball at his feet, and he's only 23, um, he's another one of those super signings from Hutton and the recruitment staff. Um, him and Bissouma have, <laughs> given their ages, you know, Florinandone, 25, Bissouma, 22, Bernardo, 23. Um, would I like to see Bissouma start more games? Absolutely. Montoya, 27. Um, would I like to see, would I have liked to see Bernardo several games before he started? Yes, absolutely. Um, but a lot of these players are, are so young still, and they've got so much time to develop, and it's really exciting. Solly March, 24. You know, you feel like he's been around forever, but he's only 24. Um, Matt Ryan, 26. Um, it's just... I mean, Dale Stevens seems like he's been around forever. He's only 29. Um, it's easy to forget how young this squad is, and the new signings we're making are younger than them, and they're just playing incredibly well. Um, I don't know who uh, who Brazil's current left back is, but give him another year and a half in the Premier League, and if he continues to grow, I, I would honestly wouldn't be shocked to see Bernardo starting at left back for Brazil um, in a year and a half's time. Um, I'm not saying that he would still be with us if that's the case, <laughs> but it wouldn't shock me. Um, I think that he's really... I don't know whether it's the time that he had to develop... Um, but he's really been an incredibly solid addition to the team, um, and I'm really happy that he's kind of doing his thing. He's ace. <laughs> um, so let's move on from the game um, and a look at that, and we will look at Bournemouth. Um, three or four weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, I would I was really worried about this game. I saw it as almost as fruitless as the top six. Um given just how well uh, Bournemouth had been playing. Um, I mean, for example, their first couple of games of the season, let's see here, English Premier League, um, they won 
they had a they beat Cardiff two nothing. Uh, they beat West Ham two two one. Uh, they drew with Everton one all. They lost to Chelsea two nothing, and that was you know that wasn't too big of a deal. Um, they beat Leicester four two. Uh, they beat Palace two one. They beat Watford four nothing when Watford were on an absolute stormer of a game. Fulham three nil at their place. Um, you know they looked in incredible form and. All of a sudden, since the beginning of November, they've they've came unstuck and they look human. Um, and it went from a case of, you know, we need to get as many points as we can in November because uh, December's coming up and we're not going to get any points against Chelsea and we're going to really struggle to get anything at Arsenal and Bournemouth are a top seven team now. They're, they're absolutely killing teams with the way they play. And then they lose six out of their last seven um, and look bang average. And, you know, their only win was an incredibly lucky win at home to Huddersfield. Um, I think that we can go to Bournemouth and really, um, honestly, I think we have every reason to expect a point away at Bournemouth. Um, I think that if you look at their current home form altogether, uh, you know, they've played nine games so far at home this year. They've scored 14 goals. Um, and a lot of those were against the early games. Um, they are averaging only around 11 shots um, per game at home. They've had 20 yellow cards and a red. So their discipline is horrific, really, when you think about that. Um, let's compare it to us. Uh, we have to play the same kind of way. We play at home. Um, and we've, well, actually, no, our discipline's no better. That was stupid of me. Um, we've, we've played eight games at home with 19 yellows and a red as well. So, you know, they're, they're just as prone to poor home performances as we are. Um, they're averaging around 48% possession at home. Um, 76% pass accuracy at home, as is about 74. So, you know, they're really not that incredible. Um, they're so much more human than they were a couple of a couple of months ago um i think that we need to be really 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 careful of ryan fraser um he's only 24 as well he's their real playmaker in the midfield and i would be really really worried about him this week um we need to keep a strong eye on him he already has four goals from the midfield this season seven assists um and callum wilson uh eight goals five assists you know we need to be careful with him and I think that their entire attacking line, really, Fraser, Wilson, Josh King, um, and Jefferson Lerma has played well apparently in the last couple of games. We just need to be we just need to be careful because they're defensively they are really not that good at the minute. Um, Ex Brighton youngster Steve Cook is showing himself to really have uh, some problems. Uh, Nathan Ake, who looked incredible for a year or two, is not what he used to be. Um, their goalkeepers really need a lot of work. Um, everything I've seen, their goalkeepers have an issue all the time. Um, so I think that we need to be... I think we need to start Andone. Um, one of their major weaknesses, from what I've seen, is defending any kind of counter-attack, and that tends to be how they get beat. Which is kind of funny, because that's how that's how they're, they're good at scoring goals, is on their counter-attack, too. Um, they're not very good in the air, um, and they're incredibly prone to individual errors at the back. Um, and I think that needs to be the way we play too. Um, we're not very good at keeping possession of the ball, obviously. Um, so I think that we need to 
be incredibly set up to play on the counter attack. Um, we need to really mark their skillful players because we're incredibly bad at it, and we need to really avoid taking any kind of uh, making any kind of fouls against them in dangerous areas. It's something I've been speaking about for a long time, but we need to be so careful. Um, they've won a fair few penalties this year. They're scoring goals. Um, Wilson and King up top are scoring goals for them. We just need to be really, really careful. Um, but I, I'm honestly serious in our, in my conviction that we can win this or at least take a point. Um, Bournemouth are incredibly human now, and I think we've got it if we want it. And not only that, but they have to play Chelsea midweek at Chelsea um, in the League Cup. They play them on the 19th. Um, at this point in the league, in the season, um, they should be looking at trying to pass get past Chelsea and get an upset at Stamford Bridge. Um, I think that's easy to forget. We're now going towards the end game in terms of League Cup um, and I think that Bournemouth should be looking to go out there and win. Um, given their league position and the points that they have on the board and their current form, for me I would say that they need to look at a cup run um, and, and stay up. I think they can still be confident they should stay up. But I think we have to. I think we are in a great spot. Um, we play them on the Saturday. You know they don't get a whole lot of rest. Um, I'm anticipating a lot of their main players will play, and I think we have a great opportunity to get something from them. Um, we'll see, but that's what I've got for the Bournemouth game. Um, I'm looking at probably having Matt Ryan in goal, of course, um, as he starts to peter out and look towards Australia, which is annoying me every single day because I don't want him to go um, Montoya I think should play it right back again I think that he's much better at de defending against skill players um, and they have quite a few of them I think that we need to play him instead of Bruno um, just like we did today I think we need to play uh, Balogun and Dunk obviously in the middle too because there's no other choice um, and Bernardo obviously keeps his spot at left back given that he was probably my man of the match today um, I think we need to start Solly March on the right. I think we need to have uh, go back to the Bissouma and proper midfield. Um, we're away, and it's against a team that we can score against, and it's against a team that really sucks against counterattacks. That would be the ticket today. Um, Solly March on the right. Is Kiedo on the left if he's fit? Um, he's had another week's worth of rest. I'm hoping that the knock isn't actually a classic Brighton knock that takes him out for eight years um, and sees him back in the squad next weekend. And I think that we play Gross and Andone up top. Um, I think that's the, the most sensible choice. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure when Murray gets back into the starting lineup because we then play Arsenal away, which is clearly a counter-attacking defensive game that we need to be playing and that's a game that screams Andone as well so I don't know maybe we play Murray up front for this one at, at Bournemouth and then try and play uh, Andone away at Arsenal um, I think we'll see one of them start alternatively uh, I think we'll see Murray or Andone start this one against Bournemouth and then the other one start against Arsenal I'm just not sure which way they're going to go with it I think that because we have a higher potential to get a point or more against Bournemouth, I would like to see Andone start um, because I think he looks more like scoring. And I think that Murray could definitely do a, a really obnoxious job on that back centre-half partnership against Arsenal because they're really, as per usual, that's a problem that they've had for a long time. Um, so fingers crossed. Uh, 
we will the next time we speak will be just before christmas um i'll be releasing it christmas eve uh and then there'll be one shortly afterwards on the 27th um and then we'll be into the new year so yeah have a good one um enjoy the week before christmas get your christmas shopping done if you haven't already um if you don't celebrate christmas then i hope you have a good week regardless and uh yeah i will speak to you next week and be safe have a good one